0: Yo, what's going on everybody and welcome in to another edition of the JP Hoops podcast presented by Book It Sports. As always, it's your boy Justin Poor, and if you have not already, go ahead and check out the Book It Sports app through either the App Store or the Android Store. It is the best social media platform to talk about sports, bar none. If you're into sports gambling, it's easily number one for that because it's just a community of people that love sports. Talk about picks, talk about lines, talk about rumors, talk about all hot takes throughout the entire sports world. And if you want to follow me at Pora, that's where I've been giving my daily gambling picks for every NBA slate. Following own up to it. I haven't been particularly great the last couple of days right after I posted on the Book It Sports app that I was undefeated since the podcast has joined the Book It Sports podcasting network. I didn't have any losing days. Everything was either 500 or better. Last two days, I went a total of one, four, and one, which is absolutely despicable. Uh, yesterday, on Thursday, as I'm recording this, Friday, February 5th. I hit the Jazz over the Hawks. That was an easy one. The late night over was the Nuggets-Lakers game. That missed out by about 8 to 9 points. I think it was, yeah, 9 points would have hit the over at 2.15 and a half. But the other game that I lost was the Philadelphia 76ers at home against the Portland Trailblazers. They were minus 10 favorites, and they lost the game outright by 16 points. And you have to think. Why did the Philadelphia 76ers lose this game? Portland didn't have Damian Lillard. They didn't have Yusuf Nurkic. CJ McCollum still dealing with that fractured foot injury. So you have to think, why did the 76ers lose this game when Portland was so empty-handed and they're supposed to be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference? Oh, that's right. They didn't have Ben Simmons. And the reason I'm making a big deal about this is because there are so many basketball fans that just hate on Ben Simmons, and it is the most blasphemous take to me. The dude's 24 years old, going to be 25 in July. So by the time the playoffs come around, he'll be turning 25 years old. Same age Patrick Mahomes is, going to the Super Bowl on Sunday. And yes, I understand that the shooting thing is a problem. But with the culture and the offense that the 76ers have set up, It is built for Simmons to thrive, and it's been working to a T all season long. And he's out for one game, and look what happens. Yes, Ben Simmons' first team all defense. Well, the Portland Trailblazers scored 121 points. Embarrassing. They let Carmelo, in his current state, get 22, Gary Trent Jr., 24. There were six Trailblazers players who reached double figures in Thursday night's game. That doesn't happen when Ben Simmons is on the floor. And now look at what he does on offense, because that's what everyone wants to bag on Ben Simmons for. Oh my God, the guy can't do anything on the offensive side. He can't shoot. You got to get rid of him. Well, yes, Joel Embiid at 37 points, because he is the MVP frontrunner. But what's interesting is, look at everyone else. Tyrese Maxey, 15. Shake Milton, 12. Cormitz, 13. Tobias Harris, only 12 on 35% shooting. Seth Curry had one field goal attempt. Danny Green only shot the ball five times. And you wonder why they've looked good all season? That's because Ben Simmons has a quality similar to LeBron James, where he is so damn good attacking the basket with his size, with his athleticism, and he is an elite passer in this game. And he kicks it out to these guys who are wide open because he's able to beat guys off the dribble, get to the rim, either flush it, finesse it himself, or kick it out to an open guy. That is why this Sixers offense is so good, and that's why they're the first seed in the Eastern Conference today. And when Ben Simmons isn't there, it just doesn't work. No one could do what Ben Simmons does on both sides of the floor. Yes, I understand that the shooting is something that you hope could be fixed. But that is such a secondary part of his game. If he adds it, that makes him unstoppable. And right now, he is just an elite level player. An all-star in this game. Because he's a first-team defender. And he is an elite Playmaker and runs the offense that Doc Rivers has pleaded with him to do to a T. And that's why the team is as good as it is. So it was an awful night for Ben Simmons haters Thursday when they got absolutely shackled by the Portland Trail Blazers empty handed. And you can only think of what would happen if Damian Lillard played in this game, if Nurkic played in this game. And Bede wouldn't have 37 if Nurkic played. This game would be even worse. They lost by 16 points at home to a team coming from the West Coast of the United States. And they got killed. They were embarrassed. They lost by 16. They were 10-point favorites. And look, there's so many people that have all these complaints about Ben Simmons. Oh, he's been in the league for five years. Why can't he shoot? Why can't he play offense? He does play offense. He's a playmaker. And when he needs to score, he could get to the basket and score with anybody in the league. He's freaking six foot ten, and a freak of an athlete. So I need everyone to pump the brakes on the Ben Simmons hate. Because if you want to see the importance of him to that team, you think Tobias Harris could be the second best player on an elite level team? No, look what he did without Ben Simmons. 12 points, 12 points. Let Ben Simmons cook, get off his back. The shooting, if it comes or if it doesn't, at this point, it doesn't necessarily matter because that would just be adding an unstoppable element to his game that is already very, very, very good. And it matches up perfectly with the offense that Doc Rivers wants to run alongside Joel Embiid. they should both be all-stars. And if there's anyone who... Any Sixers fan that is still wanting this guy's neck want to run him out of Philly, I just don't understand it. Because he is so important to this team that, you know, you got to keep him around. And if you want to give up him for a Bradley Beal, I don't get it. Because he is a much better defender and the offense would just work so much better with him in it you want to get Beale, I would give up anybody else except Embiid and Simmons can't get rid of those guys get rid of Maxi. get rid of Seth Curry get rid of Danny Green do the Wizards want any of those guys probably not maybe Tyrese Maxi, a very good rookie but Ben Simmons is insurmountably important to the Philadelphia 76ers not only future but present so you have to keep him around and if there's any better example than last night Somebody's got to tell me because, I mean, you just saw it. They were awful, awful without him. That was the only major piece of that team missing. And Portland was missing their three most important players. Inexcusable from the 76ers. And when Ben Simmons come back, you're going to see why I think he's as great as he really is. All right, let's go from one one seed to another one seed. That played Thursday night. The Los Angeles Lakers played against the Denver Nuggets. And it was a a shaky game. Lakers came out very flat in the first half against Denver. And, you know, it felt like it was just one of those off nights that they were going to have. Lakers only able to score 46 points in the first half. 19 points total in the second quarter. And they were just getting... Worked from every end of the court. 58-46 at halftime. And then something happened in the Laker locker room at halftime. Don't know what. Uh It came out that Frank Vogel really laid into the Lakers and said, Hey, we got to figure this out. Because this is a team that we might see in the future. And we got to assert ourselves. We just beat them in the Western Conference Finals last year. Don't let them forget it. And... When it was all said and done, the Lakers win the game by 21 points. Here was the box score for the second half Lakers 37 in the third quarter, Denver 17. So the Lakers outscoring by 20 in the third quarter. And then fourth quarter, 31 to 18, Lakers. That's a shackling. That is just beating up on a good team when already down by double digits and just coming out of the halftime locker room and pumping them. I mean, it was a completely different game, and you just look at LeBron James, and something just clicked, and he was like, all right, I guess I'm going to try. Yeah, you know what, I I took the first half off, I feel okay right now, let's go and get a regular season win. Just a casual 27 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, only two turnovers for the king, and this is on a day where Anthony Davis was practically useless. Only 13 points. He did his thing on defense. You know, only nine rebounds, but he was getting out-rebound severely by Jokic and Millsap throughout the game. And LeBron James was just like, all right, time for me to get it done. I I just got to be great today. Only for a half. And (laughs) that's just how good he is. And that's why the Lakers will continue to be my pick to win the NBA Finals for back-to-back years. They have this mentality about them that they know what's important. They know that the regular season only matters, you know, when you're on national TV, when you're playing playoff teams, especially Western Conference playoff teams. That's when the Lakers are going to turn it on. And when they turn it on, they're the best team in basketball. They're the deepest. They're the best. They have the best player. And they have a top seven player Anthony Davis. A top three big. They are just so good. So hard to guard. So hard to plan for. They're so deep. And they have guys that are ready to risk it all to win an NBA championship. And look, they might look bad at times in the regular season. They might lose a couple games. Might have a couple bad quarters, bad halves, whatever it may be. But when it matters, and they have to win a game. Everything just works for them. And it works for them better than any team in basketball. They're emotionally the toughest. They're mentally the toughest. They're physically as tough as any team. And I think they're better this year than they were last year. You get Schroeder. You get Gasol. You get Montrez Harrell. And you have THT who was trending on Twitter last night. He played a hell of a game, 17 points in 22 minutes. That's how good this Lakers team is. Doesn't matter who's out there for them. And I think that's the difference between last year's team because they were so reliant on LeBron and AD that you just needed those guys to be, one to be above good and one to be spectacular. And more often than not, they were both pretty spectacular. And that's why... They only lost, what was it, six total games, five total games in the NBA playoffs against good, red-hot teams, the Nuggets, the Trailblazers, the Rockets, the Heat. And it's just going to keep getting better. The longer this season goes, the more you're going to see out of LeBron James, out of Anthony Davis. And then when the playoffs come around, oh, man. I don't know who's going to stop them. I don't think the Clippers could stop them. We saw last night that the Nuggets were powerless in that second half. You know, there are all these teams that are coming out. Maybe the Trailblazers will be hot again. The Jazz look really good this year. No. You have to rip the crown off LeBron and the Lakers' heads. And I don't see that happening, at least not as everything goes right now. Because the Lakers are going to be a tough out. For the rest of the season as they're finally starting to turn it on. Alright, now while we're talking about the Lakers, let's shift over to the NBA All-Star Game and LeBron James's comments from Thursday night. So if you listen to Tuesday's podcast, I said that I am for All-Star Weekend happening, the All-Star Game happening. And it is happening. It's official. Uh, there's only going to be an All-Star Game and a skills competition on the 7th. No dunk contest, no three-point, March 7th in Atlanta, and All-Star Game voting has been going on since last week, and it runs through February 16th, you know, all the same shebang. You could vote on Twitter, fans get to say, general managers, players get to say, whatever. That's going to happen. We'll get to the first list of results that came out yesterday, but that's besides the point for what I'm about to get to. LeBron James, after the game, when asked about the All-Star game happening, says that he is not mentally, physically ready for an All-Star weekend. He wanted the weekend off. He wanted to relax. He wanted to chill out, and he just wasn't about it. He's against it. And that's something that I did say on Tuesday. I said the NBA players want no part of this. None of it. But there's going to be a game And it's going to be a show because the best players in the world are going to be there. LeBron James is not going to sit out an All-Star game that he gets voted to. What is it? It's going to be, I think, 16 or 17 All-Star games in a row for LeBron James. Yes, he's going to be there. Will it be the best product? Best All-Star game we ever seen, to remind you. In the 2020 All-Star game, it was one of the best All-Star games ever with the Elam ending. It was a tribute to Kobe Bryant. They renamed the MVP of the Game Award to the Kobe Bryant MVP Award. It was a beautiful thing. It's not going to look like that this year. It's not. The players are done with testing every day and traveling during this pandemic. You know, like a regular NBA season just with all the COVID restrictions going on. But, again, I'm going to reiterate it. It is so important for the fans to see something like this. See the collection of the American sports world's biggest stars playing basketball together. It's going to be a beautiful thing. And look, I know the NBA players probably aren't going to be so happy about it. And when you look at the voting, you're not going to see a ton of new faces. It's going to be guys that have been there before. But you have to just embrace it for what it is. We haven't seen these players get celebrated for anything over the past few months. It's been a year since the last All-Star Game. In any sport, no baseball, no hockey, no basketball, no football, All-Star Game. It's just supposed to be a weekend of fun. We don't need to go out trashing every aspect of it, especially when it's for the fans. Yes, NBA players... They probably get a salary bump or a bonus if they make an all-star team and they play in the game. Maybe there's a bonus if they win. There was last year. That's how it goes. But they don't care about that. Yes, they want to rest. But like every other year, there's an all-star game weekend. And LeBron James has been to every all-star game weekend since he's been in the league. So let's put a smile on, put on a show For these NBA fans that just want to see you play. And maybe it's better if you're not in it mentally. Just have fun with it. That's all the All-Star game is supposed to be anyway, right? It's not a serious game. It's for fun to watch the best players at their sport do what they could do. And I'm personally very excited for it. One month from Sunday. Let's go. Come on. Hype time. LeBron, I know that you're unhappy. But... Let's just give the fans a show, okay? It'll be good. And I'm the biggest LeBron guy out there. But this time is meant for bringing fans and people who have to stay at their homes some enjoyment. And this is a great opportunity to give fans a lot of enjoyment. So let's just keep up the high spirits. Now, let's talk about the voting for a little bit. There's really no surprises to me at all. Uh, When you look at the Western Conference starters, as of right now, you have Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Kawhi Leonard. Does that surprise anybody here? Anybody. And the ones right behind are Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Paul George. No surprises there. LeBron James set to be the captain of the West team. And the highest vote-getter of anybody, Kevin Durant of Brooklyn. The East team is him, Giannis and Bede, Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving. And then right behind Kyrie is Harden, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. It's not surprising. And we won't have this argument yet because we don't know what the teams are, and I think that everyone just wants to get angry at who got snubbed and who got in over this person. We're not going to know that until the 16th. But for now, I think there's no arguing in the 10 starters. Being Beal, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, Giannis, Embiid, LeBron, Steph, Luka, Jokic, Kawhi Leonard. And if there are any arguments, I, I don't want to hear it. But Maybe, maybe, you look at what Donovan Mitchell has done to his team, and said maybe he deserves to get in over Luka, who I think the Mavericks are in 13th place in the West right now. Just not winning a lot of games, but... I don't know. They're both going to get in. There's no doubt about it. And it'll be exciting. I'm very excited to see it. And if you look at the voting, if you go just off fan voting for the reserves, John Morant is the fourth guard and Zion Williamson, the sixth frontcourt player. If they're both in that game, whoo gear up. Because I think a lot of people would have liked to see them if there were a normal All-Star game weekend and a Rising Stars challenge, them playing together. But if they're going to be on the All-Star team together, it'll be great. And Zion has been playing out of his mind this year, and no one's really talking about it because all of that young kid hype is transitioned to LaMelo Ball instead of Zion, and Zion's just playing ridiculous. And so is John Morant. The Grizzlies are in a playoff spot, a team that I, again, when I did my preseason pod, I said, who really knows with Memphis? And Memphis is Right back where they were. A sneaky team at the bottom of the playoff race. Just gritting away victories. And that's a lot to do with John Morant being just a sensational point guard and floor general for this team. Alright, let's get to a uh, poor one out. Tough looking injury for Christian Wood Thursday night. Uh, he went down with an ankle injury. He really wanted to shoot free throws to stay in the game. His teammates were like, nah dude. It's not going to work out. And he actually winds up getting wheelchaired back into the locker room. Uh, Steven Silas said it appears to be bad, which means he probably shattered the ankle and is going to be out for probably the entire season. And it's really upsetting to see because the Rockets, ever since they acquired Oladipo and got rid of Harden, they've been playing pretty good basketball. And Christian Wood is a major part of that, just a young athletic center who could shoot and rebound. And him going off like that is just so sad. And it looked like a really bad injury. He wanted to play through it. And everyone on the floor is just like, dude, you can't. Which is really upsetting to see. But uh, pouring out for Christian Wood, we wish him the uh, best recovery. And another injury for my Miami Heat. Avery Bradley out for about four weeks with a calf strain. So that really stinks. He'd have been one of the most disappointing teams of the season so far bottom of the eastern conference standings um you know they've been played with covid restrictions and injuries all season long they haven't really had the full team out on the court together so much but you know now everyone's kind of back and then this Avery Bradley injury happens and you got to just work without one of the great young guards that you got as a backup this year so You hope that it gets better, uh, especially for me as a Heat fan. But, man, they've been playing some bad games. Bad, bad, bad games. And, um, you know, I'm hoping for the best that they could turn around. But for a team that made the NBA Finals last year, last season, they were in the NBA Finals. They beat the Lakers more times in the playoffs than any team that saw the Lakers. And right now they're 13th in the Eastern Conference absolutely terrible i believe they will turn it around now that you know they have most of their guys back but the avery bradley injury just doesn't help and i don't know i i don't feel great about it They might sneak in as a bottom seed and then have to play the sixers or the nets i feel great if they play the bucks just like i did last season when they played the bucks and they won in five And only lost the one game where Giannis wasn't there. But, besides the point, I would love to... I'm hoping for the best. I think now with the team coming together, they'll be all right. And, um, you know, got to string together a couple of wins. And that starts tonight, February 5th, with a home game against the team I believe is the worst team in the league. The Washington Wizards. And if they didn't have Bradley Beal, they would be one of the worst teams in NBA history. So with that, let's get into the schedule for the weekend. A couple games on ESPN tonight, Friday. The Raptors take on the Nets. Raptors, the team, I I got lucky. <laughs> I said they would definitely take a step back this season, but I didn't believe they would be as bad as they are. 9-12, 10th place in the East. They've been getting a little better as of late. Fred Van Vliet, a big 40-point performance the other night, but uh, they're taking on the Nets in that game. Will be a high-scoring affair, as all Nets games are. Uh, I think the Nets will take care of them. But after that game, ESPN Celtics-Clippers. Nice uh, Western Conference road trip for the Celtics, taking on the Clippers on ESPN. And a very good game that won't be televised. Pelicans-Pacers, I mentioned how Zion Williamson has been great this season. And he'll bring that up against a Indiana team who's been playing very, very well. Saturday, ABC primetime Warriors-Mavericks. They actually played last night, Thursday. And the Warriors, with a big victory, Luka Doncic played pretty well, scored 27 points. But the uh, the Mavericks really got to start to figure it out and soon. Because in the East, you could get away with losing a few games, and then maybe you could make a playoff push late. In the Western Conference, it is a dogfight, and they're really starting to fall behind. Uh, as they currently sit at 14th place in the West, the only team worse than them in the conference is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Another good game Saturday night, not on TV. Not really sure why the Nets take on the Sixers. I guess it's the other side of a back-to-back for the Nets, uh, but it's the one and three seed in the Eastern Conference. They're playing each other. Sunday night, NBA TV. All only six games on Sunday. All of them start before 3 p.m. So great. Get to watch some hoops before the big game for the NFL. And uh, the one on TV, NBA TV, Celtics take on the Suns. They're chilling out west for the weekend. And then Monday night, NBA TV doubleheader, Rockets Hornets, Bucks Nuggets. I think the Bucks Nuggets game is really interesting. Jokic versus Giannis, two of the best uh, international players in the league and two of the best, you know, seven-foot-plus players in the league. So it'll be a really fun weekend of basketball. Yes, there is a huge football game on CBS Sunday night, but don't let that deter you from the basketball that will be taking over the sports world after this Sunday. It's going to be a great weekend of games. You don't want to miss it. Check out the Book at Sports app. Thank you all for tuning in. New episode coming out on Tuesday, and I'll talk to you.